the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your first, your right under the Constitution to freely assemble peacefully. Oh well, don't call me Jesse Kelly earlier. Don't email me if you went to Rikers. If you if you go there and you get thrown into Rikers, what would what would um who, who I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right now. Dude in the diaper, right? Um, Gandhi. What would Gandhi do? Gandhi was willing to face arrest. He peacefully protested and was willing to face arrest for it. What I, where, who are these conservatives telling people don't go and peacefully protest? I get that Jesse Kelly and others are saying, it, it, you know, there's real work to be done. We're lazy as conservatives. The real work is in running for office. It's in supporting people who run for office. I get it. We're lazy as conservatives. We don't work hard. We're in the state we're in as a nation because conservatives are lazy. We had 140 seats in San Diego County last year where Democrats were running unopposed. We need to get active and we need to start actually working for this country. But don't send a message to Americans that we need to give up our right to peacefully protest as a reward to the left and the uniparty and the establishment deep state against us. The weaponized police state that wants us to to stay at home like they did under the lockdowns. Do you guys think that that's a smart thing to do? What, What should we be doing? I say we need to be peacefully protesting. We need to be doing exactly what they what they tried to criminalize by saying that Trump, by peacefully protesting, was inciting violence. I want to play this clip from the New York City Mayor Adams and what he said about Marjorie Taylor Greene and others protesting. Sticks, please play. Oh, while there may be some rabble rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, a message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect (laughs) the rule of law in New York City. And although we have no specific threats, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. As always, we will not allow violence or vandalism of any kind. And if one is caught participating in any act of violence, they will be arrested and held accountable, no matter who you are. And I want to, again, thank the police department, the commissioner. Okay, we can end it there. Uh, No matter who you are, unless you're committing violent crime on the streets of of a certain uh, identity politics group, you know, then feel free to continue to attack Asians, little old ladies, uh, you know, whatever you want to do in New York City. I mean, this guy should charge a two drink minimum for that kind of comedy act. And what's with this gaslighting? Of conservatives, be on your best behavior like they're so, uh, excuse me, Sticks, can you point to me or anybody out there point to me the groups of conservatives that are going around attacking people? Where? Who are they? Was that was that a group of conservatives 
that launched an insurrection in Tennessee. I think that was a bunch of Trantifa people, right? It's not conservatives. That was Black Lives Matter in the summer of 2020 that burned government buildings across the country and beat up people and killed, I think, what, 20 cops were killed in the course of that summer of love? What's with this phony act? We follow the rule of law in New York City. Who does he think he's snowing with that routine, man? Speaking of snow, go back and go back and enjoy some snow because uh, clearly you're 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 not mentally there. I've got friends of mine that are going to be at Marjorie Taylor Greene's rally tomorrow. And I say, if you want to rally, you go rally. Take your cameras, your video, your and be sure be be willing to videotape what's happening around you. And I'm all for peaceful protesting. What do you guys think? 888-344-1170. This historic moment tomorrow in America where we have a former president being railroaded, persecuted through the form of prosecutorial abuse, and then somehow Sticks has managed to make me smile and giggle and enjoy myself. Before we bring in brilliant legal analyst and friend of mine, I'm proud to, and honored to call her friend, Winnie Patrick, uh, we did get a call during the break in answer to my question about protest and whether or not conservatives and people should go and protest this tomorrow in New York. And I want to remind y'all, he didn't want to go live. If you want to just call and make a comment, call 844 844- 814-5227 if you're comfortable just leaving a message or relaying a message. That's a good way to do it. We understand that everybody wants to go live. He feels like there's too many agitators and too much risk for people to go in protest tomorrow. And I think that's sad because I think that that's real. It's true. Um, it may be true, um, but I think it's a sad state that uh, conservatives don't feel comfortable to protest, but any Trantifa person can. Um, I reached out to uh, Dr. Wendy Patrick earlier today because I wanted to get her perspective. What I love so much, and welcome back to the show, my dear Wendy Patrick. Oh, thank you. And Andrea, I have to say, I understand you're in a bad mood because you're talking about carrot sticks and jalapenos. How about the red dress and the donut? Yeah. That usually characterizes your approach to live radio. <laughs> think about that for a minute. <laughs> and thank you for making me laugh. Wendy can always put a smile on my face. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted you on tonight is because one of the things that's so brilliant about your work is that you're able to just give... You're kind of like my favorite pop culture legal analyst on YouTube, Emily D. Baker, where it's just about giving the legal the the legal analysis it's not really about injecting opinion so much into what's happening as much as it is the legal situation that's going on so give us your taking the heat and the emotion out of it how do you see as someone who's prosecuted cases how do you see what's going on in the alvin bragg district attorney office and president trump how do you view it Yeah, well, God bless you for that introduction, because, Andrea, that really is how I keep my blood pressure down. In addition to plenty of donuts, is really looking legally at what are we talking about that's going to happen tomorrow. And, you know, I started my career as a criminal defense attorney, so I usually look at it from both sides. So tomorrow will be the big reveal. Now, we know what it's going to be, uh, have to do with a business fraud example. We know that because we know who testified in front of the grand jury. So there's probably going to be no surprises. What I think people are going to be scrutinizing uh, most carefully is, is there enough evidence to sustain the grand jury indictment? Because unlike a real jury, a grand jury, 23 members, you only need a majority. It's very different than the unanimity requirement in criminal courts. 
also a grand jury is more one-sided there's no defense attorney there's no cross-examination and then lastly andrea the burden of proof is a preponderance of the evidence it's not proof beyond a reasonable doubt having said all of that there is no office anywhere in the country that wants to swing and miss in other words queue up an indictment and then not have the evidence to support uh, proof beyond a reasonable doubt in criminal court so what's going to happen tomorrow legally is it's only going to be the beginning of no doubt a very long process where donald trump's attorneys are going to begin to chip away at the indictment procedurally legally uh statistically in terms of this has never happened before and then practically as to whether or not hush money payment means it was a campaign finance violation or in an effort to keep an affair from his wife when we talk about, and, and I'm not, you know, a comma JD, so when we talk about the legalities of it, and, and we won't know too much about, we, we have to see the in, indictments um, made, hopefully they'll be, I'm assuming they'll be made public and what they what the actual charges are based on. If it was strictly related to this $130,000 payment that was made, my understanding is, is that has to do with federal elections and it really has no place at a local DA's office. Are you aware of any local DA's office that you've you've known that got, the, that injected themselves into federal election um g- uh, complaints, particularly those that have run out the statute of limitations? Well, remember that we, we, first of all, we have no idea what evidence sustains the indictment. And I know there's a, um, a widely reported rumor that they, they believe it's going to be that kind of a um, mixing of state and federal charges. But I also would never presume bad faith. And that's because not only am I the ultimate optimist, but I also don't have evidence to suggest that. There have been plenty of uh, prosecutions, of civil cases being brought all around the world. We hear about it almost every day where people think that it's political. Now, I do recognize that statistically, um, Americans have been weighing in in terms of what they think about this, and many Democrats have been surprised that there's been a, a lot of people, even on the Democratic side, that worry that it's political. But I want to wait and see if the evidence sustains the charges. And I should have me back on again after we actually get those charges. So I think while the political pundits are in the position they're in and they're weighing in on what they think, from a legal perspective, which is where I come from, I need to know more before I would form an opinion. And so after it's unveiled tomorrow and we hear more about it, then I think we're all going to be in a better position to see what this is all about. And then we will have you back after we've seen what's revealed. The other, um, what we're hearing today is that it's likely that the judge is going to issue a gag order. And by the way, polls are, are everywhere from 70% of um, CNN poll, 70% of people think it's it's political to an ABC poll, which is 55%, uh, say it's politically motivated. Alan Dershowitz is saying he's written a book about this called Get Trump and that there's absolutely no, no legal basis here on any of these charges. But I do want to get your perspective after the indictments are, are unsealed. Um, in relation to a gag order, um, I, I think it would be inexcusable because that to me would completely reek of politics because if this is as political as I personally believe that it is because when you, when you've got the same DA that's refusing that's refusing to charge uh, violent offenders for violent offense and and actually refusing to hold them for bail and one one person who attacked violently attacked and tried to murder some people on a subway um he was arrested and had been arrested 14 times in the past and he was 
was held without bail. It's hard for me to square that this is anything but political, uh, given this own DA's failure and refusal uh, to, you know, crim- you know, to hold, hold criminals accountable. But to me, a gag order would essentially, if this thing drags out for years, would basically put Donald Trump, the uh, the political opponent to the sitting president right now, who's p- supposed to run for office, would completely hamstring him and and his ability to speak about what's going on in his campaign. Wouldn't that be extraordinary? Well, remember that a gap order. First of all, it's a last resort. I just don't like to do it unless one of one of the two sides are saying things that's going to significantly adversely impact a prospective jury pool to the detriment of the other party. That's not allowed. Neither side can do it. But that doesn't mean that the, the, the former president isn't allowed to campaign. I mean, campaigning would mean talking about the things that one talks about and just in how helping voters decide who to vote for. What you're talking about is people anticipate that part of that campaign is going to be in potential violation of uh, uh, trying to make sure that there's not a fair trial for both sides. Now, one thing a judge could do, this would be sort of a compromise position, um, and you know that Trump's lawyers are going to reiterate this as well, is explain the extent of proper campaigning to where it wouldn't run afoul of any argument by the other side that there is an active uh, attempt to impede a fair trial. I mean, the former president has made it very clear he doesn't think he can get a fair trial in New York. But also remember, where would he get this trial moved to where you would find a pool of jurors who weren't aware of what's going on? I mean, I suppose you could move it to the moon, but there's probably people up there that already have heard about this and know who the president is. It's the same argument, Andrea, that would that they're making as to why he shouldn't take a mugshot is because they're trying to say, well, that is going to leak in a heartbeat and Donald Trump's going to use it to capitalize on, you know, mugs and T-shirts. They say he's lashing out and cashing in. That's how he's raised as many millions as he has so close to the indictment. In fact, I suppose the reporting was that it was $4 million within 24 hours of that indictment being announced. Yes, it was. And that and, and I can't remember the number, but I, I think a majority of the that was first time contributors to Donald Trump. These were not big, big dollar donors. The average donation was $30. That's right. That's and, right. you know, um, you know, you as somebody who's, who's worked within the legal system and and worked on both sides. And I, I and I know that uh, your work has been exemplary. It's probably hard for you to wrap your head around some somebody politicizing uh, the district attorney's office and politicizing the courts. Um, so I, I wanted to have you on tonight because I knew that you still believe in our justice system and, and you, right. you always bring a fair perspective to it. But I definitely want to have you back after you've seen these indictments. And when it comes to this gag order, to me, what would be the not able to get a fair trial? So he wouldn't be able to speak about what's going on in his court. But we've already had some leaks coming out from Alvin Bragg. And so everybody else would be able to talk about it but him on the campaign trail. And no, I think it would it would be it would be both sides. So gagging the part doesn't mean it's to the advantage of one side or the other. And, you know, the one thing we have to remember here is Donald Trump has surrounded himself with a very smart legal team. Now, I understand they're scrappy and they're outspoken, and apparently there was a new addition today. Yes. But they're going to be, I mean, he does at some point listen to his lawyers. How much? We're going to find that out in grand fashion tomorrow when he shows up at arraignment, because that is not going to be a sensational proceeding. You know, white-collar crimes are generally not this sexy. They're not salacious. They're boring. They put jurors to sleep. This case is sensational because of who the defendant is. But that doesn't mean that he's going to get to go off in court. 
Well, but but the whole and to me, and it very quietly right. makes its way back to the motorcade. Go back to Mar-a-Lago, and there they could be microphones in his face, and he'll say what he thinks. Uh, but the, the, who this defendant is is everything, isn't it? When we That's have right. seen the crimes that were committed on Hunter Biden's laptop, that the FBI set up. Uh, war rooms to try to cover that up. A.G. Barr tried to cover that up. The coordination between the FBI and social media to cover that up, to cover up those crimes. Uh, this, this Fed, this, if, if this, if this whole thing is about, uh, $130,000 payment that should have been part of a campaign contribution, well, Hillary Clinton just paid, uh, a hundred and something thousand dollars because they hid, cooked the books to hide that she paid for the Steele dossier. Um, Barack Obama had to pay a million dollars because he of campaign finance violations. So, I mean, to me, to to uh, indict a former president of the United States for something low level like this, if this is what it is, to me, is makes this the darkest day tomorrow, the darkest day in U.S. history, in my opinion. Final thoughts, Wendy Patrick. You know, it's also um, interesting that, you know, he wasn't indicted because of the guidance from the DOJ that you can't indict a former uh, sitting president. Well, if he's reelected, he's going to be a sitting president again, and all these investigations are going to have to take another four-year hiatus. Um, And I also want to mention, this does not necessarily, Andrea, mean the other dominoes are going to fall. And all of a sudden, the other jurisdictions that are investigating him for the retention of documents, for the supposed meddling in the 2020 election, that doesn't mean everyone's going to pull the trigger just because Manhattan did. So let's see when I keep a very close eye on how, if at all, this timing impacts the others. Because, you know, viewers are voters when it comes to what everybody is looking at. Regardless of whether it's good or bad faith, it will impact the election, no doubt, one way or another. Wendy Patrick, love you. Thank you for being here. We'll have you back after these indictments are unveiled. Take it easy. All right. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Wendy, you know, live with Dr. Wendy on weekends, Saturday, 6 p.m. You know who's also a bad mama jamma? Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots. And she, it's been, it's been a minute. Isn't that what the kids say? It's been a minute since somebody's been on my show. It's been, see, I'm trying to be cool. <laughs> it's been a minute since Jenny Beth Martin was on the Andrea K show. And I, I, I can't think of a better time, a better uh, day for her to be on. And uh, she joins me now. Hey, Jenny Beth Martin, welcome back to the Andrea K show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So I was thinking about you earlier today because I was thinking, you know, people, so many people are acting like this is so shocking, uh, the weaponization of the government. And it is. Uh, tomorrow is a dark day in American history. But I'm old enough to remember when the IRS was weaponized against against uh, Tea Party groups and nothing was done about it. And the, there were 65% of Americans at the time were outraged by it and wanted something to be done to stop it. And nothing was done. And, any you know, it and what was the plant in uh, Mean Green Mother has just kept growing and eating um, from the deep state plant, isn't it? Yes, it has. And I warned people back then that if no one was held accountable, we would see even more egregious abuse of power and even more weaponization of government. And what we're seeing right now out of New York um, with President Trump, what we're going to see, I think, out of Fulton County, Georgia, 
and also because of the classified documents that he had in his possession, the documents that he single-handedly by spoken word had the ability to declassify. I think we'll still see more indictments from Fulton County and because of those documents. It's utter lawlessness. It's the weaponization of government, and it's happening now at the highest levels of government. How far do you see this going? I've been saying that it, we're, we're all uh, uh, Michael Flynn back going back when that whole thing went down. We've got Americans thrown in a gulag in Jan six from Jan six, uh, denied bail, denied their constitutional rights. They finally let the QAnon shaman out of prison to a house release because the, the video footage was finally released because the U.S. government trampled all their constitutional rights by withholding uh, mitigating uh, you know, exculpatory evidence, it just seems as though it's, it is going to continue to grow, not just against President Trump, but against all of us. And it doesn't seem as though there's anybody out there, uh, you know, prepared to do anything about it. Tea Party Patriots, what, you know, you, it's still an incredible organization. I know you guys issued a statement about it today that I love. You know, I am appalled. This is a continuation of the ongoing never ending witch hunt against President Trump. Um, and, and it's a great statement, um, but I got to put it out there to you and other leaders as to what we can do to stop it from growing and reverse this going forward. Well, the way that I see that we reverse it going forward is that we're going to have to win next year in elections. We're going to have to defeat enough of these tyrants so that um, we gain more control, more power and more control. And then we need a president who will go in and clean up what's going on in Washington, D.C. and hold people accountable. Um, I, I was talking with activists last night on our national leadership call and and people were saying well what about impeaching this person and impeaching that person and and we could do that and I, i'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't do that i think Mayorkas should be impeached i think that there are other members of the biden administration who should be impeached but andrea you and i both know that it bumps over to the senate there'll be a trial and then the majority of it, it'll be votes along party lines and mm-hmm. the democrats will will not be will not present a bipartisan vote the way that uh, Republicans might be willing to do and and nothing will happen with it. I think the best thing that we can do is make sure that we are getting involved now in campaigns for the candidates who will help clean out these kind of tyrannical leftists radical leftists who are trying to destroy our country and work hard to elect those people. The next thing your audience is going to say is, well, I can't trust the outcome of the election. And that I think is a fair, very fair comment. And it's why last year we trained 20,000 people to be poll watchers and we had them in place in the most critical states around the country. And we did see improvement and we're not letting up on that. And we are going to continue to do everything we can to ensure that our elections are honest, fair, and that the law is followed in each of the state, in, e- in every state, and especially in the most critical states. I think it comes down to activism. Uh, they, the left, it, it, it may feel like it's all of a sudden the country's going off the cliff when the reality is, is the Democrats have been playing a long game. 
the the establishment rhinos with them behind the scenes lying to the american people making promises like securing the border and this and that telling the telling republicans what they want to hear on the campaign trail and then stabbing them in the back and so it's 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 may feel like it's an overnight situation but it's really been a long game based upon the fact that democrats are um they 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 work harder at pushing their agenda and while Republicans and conservatives have been busy, you know, volunteering at their church and raising their kids and taking their kids to soccer games and this and that, Democrats are 24 hours a day, seven days a week, infiltrating every institution, every organization and taking it over from within. And, it, we, it, and, and instead of complaining constantly like we do, we've got to get active. We've got to actually get out there and stop, you know, it, you know I, I, and I know people work long days and they've got kids, but we're losing our country, Jenny Beth Martin. We've got to get active. You're exactly right, Andrea. We have to be active. There's too much at stake for us not to be active. And I know how hard it is to balance um, taking care of your children and working and then adding on activism on top of that. It isn't some in, in this kind of activism in the environment that we're in right now, a lot of it isn't a lot of fun. It's just work that yeah. must be done. But we have to do that. We owe it to our children to make sure that we're leaving, not even that we're leaving them with liberty when we die, that when they become 21 and they're, they're adults in this country, there's still some liberty left. And that's mm-hmm for my kids just a year from now. So it's very important that we that we engage and that we don't stop. People, I know the people who are listening in your audience feel the same way I do. They're angry, they are mad, they love our country and they're devastated and worried to death about what in the world are we going to do. Our country is just falling apart at the seams. Take every bit of that emotion, all of that passion, and turn it into action. That's what we need every single person who loves President Trump, who loves America, to be doing this week and every single week between now and November of 2024. Is there something with Tea Party patriots that they can, that can help in their activism? Yes, you can go to TeaPartyPatriots.org. Again, TeaPartyPatriots.org. And we have different calls to action every single week. Right now, our, our call to action this week is just standing with President Trump. We will, we are training people on how to be involved and engaged on election integrity. As the elections heat up next year, we're going to be rolling out more opportunities for political activism, like campaigning and getting out the vote. Right now, this year, we're working on some things behind the scenes so that we can modernize how we get out the vote next year. But we have these constant calls to action. And the most important thing right now is if you know people who are running for office locally, go ahead and start volunteering with them. Let them know that you're going to do everything you can to help them win. Start going door to door and do what it takes. It's hard work to help get people elected, but they need volunteers who will, will help spread the word of liberty. Absolutely. You got to do it. And you know what? Tell yourself just an hour a week or two hours a week on a morning or an evening. If it, it, and we can all do it. Everybody's got an hour or two that they can squeeze in. You have to want it enough. You have to care enough about what's happening to this country and at least what it means for your children and your children's children. Jenny Beth Martin, you're a patriot and a hero. Thank you for being here tonight.
my favorite store in San Diego, Iron Mountain Outfitters. Get y'all some cool gear because it's still, I was cold today. I thought I need, I need to, to get out my Sherpa lined hoodie from Iron Mountain Outfitters. 8493 La Mesa Boulevard. Look for the standing bear outside and tell them AK sent you. Go inside, get, get, uh, if you want to look really cool, get that jacket that they wear, that uh, Kevin Costner wears on Yellowstone. You can, you need to check out Iron Mountain Outfitters, man. Get you a jacket there. Go in there and say hi to Dapper Dan. All right, going to go to the phones. Somebody saw me on Newsmax Saturday. I don't know if this is, they got something they want to say to me. I'm not sure it's complimentary, but we will find out. Hello, caller. Well, this is Jack in Oceanside. Oh, hey, Jack from Oceanside, my friend. So you saw me on Newsmax Saturday. Well, actually, I, I saw it this morning, about 3 o'clock in the morning. So what time was it actually filmed? Uh, what show was it? Uh, it was on uh, Newsmax, and the host was some lady I didn't recognize. Wendy Bell? Yeah. Br- brunette? Okay. So Wendy Bell has a show called Common Sense, and it airs Saturdays, I think, at 1 p.m. San Diego time, and we record it on Thursdays. So I recorded that Thursday a week ago. So, yeah, it's been a week and a half since I recorded uh, the show, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what would, what was your comment? I just was uh, curious because I thought, oh, she's getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to do this show. So <laughs> now I know that didn't happen. <laughs> no, child. I don't get up at 3 a.m. I tell my press rep that I don't do – in fact, I don't do hits before, uh, before uh, midday anymore because I don't get out of here until late, 8 o'clock, and then I got to go home and I got to take care of my little boo gator. I don't go to – I don't eat dinner till 9, 9.30, so I'm up late, and I just don't function on no sleep. So I don't get – you know, I did that for years. I used to get up at 5 a.m. and do Newsmax every Wednesday morning on National Report with Emma Rechtenberg and Sean Kreisman, and I had to say bye-bye to that. I had to say bye. See you. Wait a minute. You're having dinner at nine nine thirty. Well, yeah, I don't get out of here till eight o'clock, and you know I can't I can't eat dinner at four o'clock in the afternoon. I get to the station at five. I can't do dinner at four. Okay, there will never come a time. What was the Seinfeld episode? He was like, I can't force feed myself a steak at four o'clock. Oh, sorry. See, (laughs) it's healthier if you have your dinner earlier, like around four o'clock. No, I've never been able to do that. I, I, I couldn't stand it when I was a kid eating dinner. It, it, you know, six was too early for me. Six, six was too early for me as a kid. This dorms, you could eat dinner at five o'clock and I'd be ordering a Bono's pizza at midnight. So I got to, I got to eat later. Jack, we're almost out of time, but thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Well, I was going to ask you, why did they call you the donut queen? Cause I, cause donuts are my thing. But you don't gain any weight, right? You look pretty slim and trim. Uh, um, that's because I, you know, I, I, I love the Krispy Kreme minis. And I eat, I eat portion. It's all about portion control. It's all about portion control. I never eat really, really big meals. Every couple of hours, I eat a little something. So that's kind of, that's how I roll. So that's why I'm able to eat at nine o'clock. Because my dinner size is small compared to a lot of people. So, so, so let me just close with this. Okay. Because this is the real reason why I called. It is about the discussion about violence. If you look at the history of this country, whether it's the Revolutionary War or the Civil War or all the conflicts we've been in, um, we're, we didn't get to where we are today without the use of extreme violence. And I think we're in a position now where patriotic Americans are afraid to fly their flag. 
Mm-hmm. They're afraid to use their guns. Yeah. You're not going to win this thing peacefully. Look at your history. Well, we might win it peacefully, but we're not going to do it with people that are sitting in their home that were willing to cave in and wear a mask and sit at home, you know, and, you know, not even. Ha- I mean, we can't we, we struggle to get enough people out to even vote. OK, so uh, let alone pick up a gun. So, Jack from Oceanside, we appreciate you here. Thanks for calling in. Um, Skins, you got a quick score update for us for San Diego State. Spoiler alert: score update for San Diego State. Oh, uh, we're not doing too well. We're we're down. Uh-oh. We're down ten points. Oh, how far into this? How much oh, time? We're down twelve points. Okay, <laughs> uh, six minutes left in the first quarter. So there's they definitely can come back. Uh, but the UConn went on like a 12-0 run, so oh. they're, they're doing pretty well. But we can come back. Okay. Magic of the Aztecs, baby. That's right. And we will, speaking of coming back, we will be back for another hour at the Andrea K Show, so don't you go anywhere. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.